welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Welcome back to the show. This week's episode features Evelyn Subramanian. She's the founder of Bija Essence. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Sarah Hap. She's the founder and CEO of Sarah Hap. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Carrie. How you doing, Jody? I am great. I am so excited to present this episode to our fans today. Actually, me too. I'll, I'll let you fill them in. Okay, so I met Evelyn at Saks, where we, before COVID, would host these amazing live podcast recording and networking events. And Evelyn was a very dedicated fan of our show. She came to so many events. She always stopped by to say hi. And I just really admire her tenacity. Um, She's a very small business that she's growing, you know, product by product, sale by sale. And she has such an incredible attitude. She's so optimistic. She's so sunny. And even though, you know, this is a small business and she has to work really hard, she totally recognizes that that's just part of the process. And I love that because I've met so many founders who are angry and mad that they're not making enough sales. And I'm like, well, you have to just work hard for it. And Evelyn is such a great example of that. I can totally uh, support that. I, too, met Evelyn at our live events and it's not that we didn't want her on the podcast. We just didn't have an opportunity to schedule her. And I loved her optimism and persistency. And it's such a lesson for all of us that a no answer doesn't mean a no. You know, (laughs) you just keep showing up, you keep knocking, you keep introducing yourself. And Evelyn even speaks in the episode how she is really fueled by human interaction. And it's all about engaging with people and having that positive attitude. And as far as her products and her company, she, a quote that I love too, is she's worked uh, in the episode, you guys talk about honesty and transparency. And she said, even if it fails, you will earn that respect. And I feel like that really does encompass who Evelyn is. Yeah. And she used to be a model. So she's used to this sort of like, uh, I guess, rejection world, right? It kind of just, I think, rolls off her shoulders. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that because uh, as you mentioned to our listeners a few episodes back, my other career is being a dancer. And let me tell you, I feel like my day job is getting rejection, right? Like I go to a million auditions and out of a million, you land one. And so Evelyn learned the lesson from her modeling career as a reporter and it shows that it can help in a business because she doesn't sweat the small things. Yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to get to meet Evelyn today. All right, well, let's dive in. We have episode 196 with Evelyn. Oh, and we forgot to mention, be sure to listen to the end of the episode where Evelyn shares a discount code to help you with your holiday shopping. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with Evelyn Subramanian. She is the founder of Bija Essence. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thanks for having me, Jody. I'm so excited to finally uh, be on the podcast with you after seeing you at Saks Avenue before COVID. <laughs> so that's Remember what I wanted that? to... Yeah, I wanted to start with that, actually. Um, let's go back in time and tell everybody how we met. Well, I think it was about two years ago, you were interviewing Trish McAvoy 
And it was a lovely event at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York City. It was a full house, drinks, flowers, uh, conversations, wonderful women. And it was just such an inspiring talk. Um, she had so much insight and you asked just the right questions that at that time I had just launched my company and I felt so good about it. You both inspired me to just keep going strong. Oh, well, I'm so proud of you because you've been very um, willing to be um, resilient, I'd say, in um, following up with us on the show. And it was so great to meet you two years ago. And um, I think it's such a good lesson for entrepreneurs and everybody that, um, you know, like things sometimes take time. You know, it took time for us to get you on the show. And um, and that's okay. You know, you um, were so lovely with your follow-up and reminding us that we met. And I was really excited to have you on the show. And it was just about making sure that we had, um, you know, that time on the calendar. So I'm really proud of you. It's hard to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. But one thing I learned about being an entrepreneur, um, patience. Sometimes, and when you're a type A personality and you're used to doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, when it's your own company, you have to, you rely on other people. You rely on uh, certain circumstances that it's out of your control but when you're patient and you have a passion it'll things will happen and so here we are (laughs) yeah I think patience is so important and I mean that's just a life skill not even an entrepreneurial skill right um Mm -hmm. if you stay focused and you know that you know you're going to get to where you want to be you know even if it's just one small step um, it will happen. You just have to wait for it. We tell our clients that at Base Beauty a lot. Like, it takes time. Things take it's time, exciting. you know? <laughs> right. So, um, Evelyn, let's go back in time. So, you know, when you were like 11, 12 years old, and if somebody asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up, what would you have answered? Wow, wow. You know, I remember going back in time from a very young age. I have a brother, and we always played shop. And I remember selling him all my toys, my dolls, <laughs> anything. And I had a calculator and a typewriter, and I would print out receipts. So I think deep in my gut, I always wanted to do business of somehow, of something. And then, and then a few years later, uh, I'm from Mexico, and we used to go to Mexico every vacation. I used to bring back a lot of uh, candy, duvalin, I remember. And I used to sell it to my classmates. <laughs> So I did like uh, making money from a young age. And then a few years later, when I became a teenager, I wanted to become a model. And I won a modeling contest, actually, uh, in New York City that, that Avon was sponsoring. Um, and I started doing, uh, I was wanted to do, be a reporter and, and just reach out to people and report. And, uh, and, I, and I did become a reporter for Univision as well. So slowly but surely, those three dreams came true. <laughs> I used to play store so much and I love that. I would take all like my my knickknacks and lay them out on my bed and like, you know, my visual merchandising style, whatever that looked like and arrange them on like my desk. And my mom bought me like those little um, pads with the... Um, the carbon paper inside. So it's like I worked in like a store, you know, I make <laughs> right. a receipt for myself and a receipt for her. And it used to be so much fun. And my kids did that too when they were little. They loved playing store. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting, but it's, yeah. And here we are now still doing it, right? <laughs> in a bigger scale. So um, let's go back in time, but not as far back to before launching your skincare brand. Um, tell us about the career, the career steps that led to being an entrepreneur. I have to say, I don't know if they were career steps because, as I mentioned, I was reporting for Univision and I, I worked as a model um, in Los Angeles, New York, and Paris. And 
um, perhaps these the skills that I learned in these two uh, environments to just, um, you know, you have to take no for an answer multiple times a day. You just have to be resilient and you cannot take it personal, right? Um, you go to 10 castings a day and maybe you won't get one job, but then you'll get one big job and it, it's worth it. Um, and being an entrepreneur, I think this is a great skill to have, to just be resilient, to don't take things personal, to not give up. Uh, when one door closes, you knock on another door. Um, is that what you were trying to to get to? or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting, um, you know, modeling and, you know, being a reporter wouldn't seem very tied together, but I, I do think that you're painting a really strong picture of how hard it is for to deal with rejection on a daily basis. But, you know, what I think about when I met you and all the times that I've talked to you since, you, there really is an ease about you. And I wonder if it's because you just sort of like, you know, let that stuff roll off your back, you know, that stuff doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the taking the next step. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, every, every no is a step towards the yes. Right, right. right. You know, ultimately, I love people. I love to be around people and and I feel that I understand people's feelings and I, I know that at the end of the day people just want they need a community and people want to be heard people want to be liked and I think that when you understand that it's easy to um, for doors to open and for people to understand your your mission or your goals and allow you to grow so I feel very fortunate in that way and, uh, and even with Bija Essence, I, I am a big commu- community builder. When, um, when we started, I um, supported plastic oceans, and that's why all my products are made out of glass and not plastic, because uh, I want to make sure that we do create an awareness of the harm that, that the products that we use, the packaging that we use, harm the environment and, and overall hurt us as human beings. Right. Um, just recently with COVID last year, I reached out to Direct Relief and we were donating a percentage to front frontline workers. Um, right now, with um, the destruction in India, I started donating to the Indian Red Cross. So in essence, I am a brand that is so connected to the community, local community and global community and and our planet. Um and it's wonderful. That makes me so happy to be able to have a platform where I, we can all connect, like we are connecting now and many of our listeners are listening and hopefully we'll connect even more in a bigger scale. When you were modeling and working as a reporter, did you have in mind that you wanted to start a skincare business? Not at that time. I knew I wanted to do something. But when I became a mother and visiting my husband's from India, and uh, we started taking the, the kids right away. We wanted to make sure that they were connected to their culture and to their extended family. And I will never forget the image of this little yellow house in the farm in India. My mother-in-law wearing her beautiful, colorful sari. Remember, it was a purple lavender uh, sari with beads. And she laid the babies on her skirt and she would take the coconut oil that came from the farm, organic, pure oil, and massage them. And she would do this multiple times a day with both of the babies. And then I realized she never said why or how long or she wouldn't speak. She would just be with them one on one and have this powerful bond. 
And I thought, how special is this? This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted the kids to experience something like this that I couldn't teach them. But then I learned and I continued to do. And that's when the light bulb came on. And fast forward a couple of years, I studied Ayurveda. And then I realized, wow, this is where it comes from. It's thousands of years of traditions of education that they're passing on to their their children. And um, I started interviewing people in, in my classes and I asked them, why are you here? What are you looking for? And um, hands down, the four topics that came up were lack of sleep. We live in New York City. It's very stressful. It's go, 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 rush, 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 rush. We don't get enough sleep and we're getting sick. We can't focus, we can't produce. And I thought, hmm, okay, there's something there. We have to target that. And then other people were saying, well, we have a very weak, weak immune system. We keep getting colds. We get any virus that comes our way, we, we, we get. And I thought, okay, that's number two. And then people were discussing inflammation, that inflammation causes a lot of autoimmune disease. Um, my son is an athlete and he would complain about his Achilles, about his calf being sore and in pain. And then um, the fourth thing was just overall circulation in your body. People needed to move, people needed to, to get their bodies in, in motion. And so when we were making body oils in our classes, I, re I decided that I would make something that was pure, that, but that also had a health benefit. And I saw that void in the market. Um, and so therefore I, I produce rice, revive, rejoice and rest. So one that helps support your immune system, one that helps to lessen inflammation, one that helps to increase your circulation and firmness on your skin, and then rest, something that helps to calm down your nervous system at the end. And also a great massage oil to continue to massage your children. <laughs> and how old were the kids when you um, started taking these classes? The kids were about, uh, I want to say about 10, 11, 12 years old. If, I, if I'm correct. And, um, and then I started making my own oils at home and using them on them. But I had used coconut oil way before from the time they were born because I was mimicking what my mother-in-law was doing with them in India. And uh, as I was producing them at home, I would gift them for, to my friends for their birthdays, for the holiday season. And more and more people were asking for more. And then, um, and voila, then I started the business. And then it just took off. So I think that's a really interesting point to study um, that moment in time because there's a, you know, a lot of people who make things for friends, right? Whether it's jewelry or, you know, skincare or whatever it is, um, crafts and art. Uh, but then there's that decision to walk, go from making it from a hobby to a business. So what was that moment where you're, when you decided that you're going to actually invest your time and money into growing a business around this? You know, my husband is an entrepreneur and he saw the demand in France and it was a genuine, genuine um, desire. And he said, Evelyn, just go for it. And I'll, I'll never forget when he said, do it. And I was so scared. He said, well, I need a lot of capital. I need this, I need that, I need supply chain. And he says, no, you know, he said, I've started many companies with zero money. Just You just do it. And things will start slowly falling into place. And, um, and I, I think that the most beautiful part of being an entrepreneur, having your own company as you, is that you have control over everything and you know exactly where everything is coming from, where everything is going, how much everything costs. And 
I think it's it's a good way to start. And and I, I you know I love the Nike slogan, just do it. And that's what I tell all the youngsters or anyone that that asks me for advice. I said, if you have a passion, if you have a dream, you just do it. And if you fail, it's okay. You can get get right back up and and continue to go or shift, right? Pivot and you do something else. But every lesson is 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 a plus for me. Every challenge is is a plus, as you have mentioned before in other podcasts. And I love that about you. I love your honesty. I love how you talk about your challenges, but I also love how you talk about your fears and 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 you you make them into power. I think you said that once you turn them into power. And was it um, enough f- to boost your confidence when your husband told you, well, just try it. I've done it before. Just try it. Is that all you needed to say, okay, sure. I, 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 I think that's all I needed because I also have a part of me that's a bit fearless. I thought, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? What do I have to prove? It's okay. <laughs> At least I know that I tried. I don't want to live... I don't want to live and die and 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 be on my deathbed and say, gosh, I could have done this. I would have done it. What if? What if? No, now I'm doing it. And I love it, Jody. I really, really do love it. Evelyn, I think that when I go back into my fear, um, so much of it is rooted in like, what would people say or think if it didn't work, right? Which is like oh. nothing, like should not be my focus. But, you know, for my whole right. life, I like, you know, I'm making an impression on other people was so important. You know, I've been trying to unwind that. But, um, you know, that really preoccupied me. Mm-hmm. So when you erase, when you erase caring about what other people think, whether it's family members, friends, or like the world that's never even met you. Um, right then it's really just about like your time and money. And, you know, if, right. you know, I, I know that this is a privileged thing to say, but sometimes it's only money. Like, you know, if it doesn't work out, so you lost the money, but you learned something, right? Um, right. So right. It, it's, I think getting to the root of where the fear comes from is so helpful and empowering that decision-making. Absolutely. Well, you also have to be smart about, right, your capital. How much is it, how much do you want to invest in? You have to stick to that. You have to stick to your business plan. You know, it's not just about just doing it and not having a path, um, but having a business plan, sticking to it, having your values very firmly. Um, and um, and being for me, what's very important is being completely honest and being transparent. Um, that has helped me a lot because then you feel good about what you're doing. And if it doesn't work, at least, you know, you gave it your best shot that you were honest with your customers, with with everyone that you're doing business with, with your employees. Um, it, it can't go wrong because even if it fails, I think you will earn that respect that you gave it your best, that you treated everybody fairly, that you were completely honest. And um, and that's what people are looking for in, in this generation. Don't you agree? Don't you feel that that's what people want to connect with you, want to understand what you're building and what you're offering versus yeah, I agree. just, you know, having a, a, a big billboard on Hollywood Boulevard with a beautiful picture and a nice slogan. <laughs> yeah, I think that the consumer is so excited to support small businesses. Um, you know, when I was growing up, if you were a small business, you know, like the it meant that you weren't good quality or, you know, something like that. But, you know, it's completely flipped itself. And I think the consumer actually looks in it with a more skeptical view of the bigger companies, right? So the smaller companies where they can be part of that journey with the founder and with the team is so exciting for the customer. And she feels like she can truly shop with her values, you know, and find people that are growing businesses like you that where the, their values are, are aligned with yours. 
Right. What do you feel that your consumer or your customers value the most of of what Brain Meets Beauty or your your age your um, base beauty agency? Well, I mean, if I think about our listeners and what they value, it's um, transparency, right? Like honesty. Um, they do not come to the to listen to the show for like a a polished, perfect view of business. Um, you know, there's plenty of mm-hmm, places to get mm-hmm. that kind of artificial landscape. Um, they come here because they don't want to be alone, right? And sometimes these things are lonely. And not just being an entrepreneur is lo- lonely. Sometimes just having a job is lonely, right? Or being a parent is right, lonely. Right. Or getting a divorce is lonely. Like, there's a lot of things in our lives that feel lonely. Um, and I think that listeners come to hear from people you know, entrepreneurs who have yet to reach their goals, people who are household names, people who work behind the scenes who you'd, you know, you'd never see their name on on a product right. because um, there's a there's a connection and a togetherness that happens when we when we actually talk honestly for real. And it's it goes beyond facade, right? It goes beyond the resume. Right. Right, right. Well, you have a lovely gift, especially during COVID. You're such a savior because your platform and being able to listen to you, even though we were so remote and so apart. It was just nice to hear that warm voice and all these different experiences. Oh. <laughs> really. So thank you. Evelyn, thank you. You're making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm really excited to get back to doing the live networking and um, recording events at retail because I love retail. I love stores. And I love that we are able to bring people together who have not ever met before um, together in a really relaxed, um, fun way be in, be around, you know, merchandise and, you know, the beauty of Saks. And, um, you know, I would, at every show, I would ask everyone to like turn to someone like in front of them or behind them or next to them and introduce themselves and get to know someone new. And that gives me so much joy. <laughs> that's true. I do remember that. Oh, so do you think that's around the corner? Do you think maybe this summer? I think it's more like fall or even maybe January, you know, because retail... Um, you know, it's challenging to plan for them right now. And I don't mean sex specifically. I just think in general, like staffing, resources, you know, that's that's really hard right now with retail being um, in a position where they're just trying to lift off the ground now. So um, I definitely will, um, you know, hopefully get on that calendar so we can start a rhythm. And I think people will be excited to to be able to socialize in this way. I think they will feel safe. Um, but my guess is realistically when it comes down to just like planning events, I think it will be maybe like January. We'll be there waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. Yes. Okay, so Evelyn, I want to go back in time because I love dissecting the experience of growing a business. And, uh, you know, you're, you're a few years in. So if you can go back to year one, uh, what was that biggest challenge, whether it was an emotional or fear challenge or just like, you know, you know products not arriving on time? What what was the biggest challenge of that first year? The biggest challenge was uh, timing and, um, you know, w- working extra long hours sometimes. That one, that's one, the timing. And then, yes, um, packaging not working together. So, for example... I remember sometimes being up at two, three in the morning because I had to get on calls with, with India, right? And I remember my husband coming downstairs and saying, are you coming to bed anytime soon? It was three, four in the morning, but it's your baby. And it's just like feeding a baby. The baby needs to eat at three in the morning. You have to get up and feed the baby so it can grow strong and healthy, right? So that was one of the challenges. Finally, how do you 
sort of have a schedule that's that works for the entire family because as you and me we have kids and we have a husband and we have pets and we have right it's it's a lot of people that we're taking care of as we are taking care of our business so that was a bit of a challenge and the other one is when you um buy these products and they come so say the tops don't fit the bottles and then you know you i had my my big show you know my big big show november 19th i remember and i had two weeks and the tops were not sealing well and you just want to rip your hair off what do you do you want to scream you want to shout you and and you just have to find an answer to all these challenges and one thing i learned in business you face challenges almost every single day. And so now I just smile. I just smile. I said, okay, <laughs> next, how do we um, go around this challenge and make it work? And it does work at the end. Evelyn, what was what was that show? What was that November show that you were waiting oh, for? Oh, no, that was just my big launch party that I, I had here in New York City. And so we had over 100 people and I had over six masseuse in this beautiful penthouse overlooking the East River. And they everybody was ready with, you know, food and wine. And the masseuse, you know, was offering free massages to our to our guests. And um, I just wanted to be perfect. I wanted people to be happy and taken care of. Um, but we made it happen somehow. Miraculously, it happened. Evelyn, would you say that you're a perfectionist? To an extent, yes. Are you? You are too, right? <laughs> I'm I'm what I call a recovering perfectionist. You know, my instinct is to um, you know, push and push and push for some sort of ideal that I've created in my head. But I know that um that's invented, that doesn't exist, you know. Um so I um I'm much more inclined to not be a perfectionist now, although like it creeps up on me when I'm like tired or super stressed, you know, that's when it, it kind of rolls up and I need to, I like literally have a conversation with myself in my head, like, okay, well, this is life and like not everything is perfect. There is no perfect. And I, I talk myself out of it. Thank you so much for announcing that. So everybody here said, it's true. We, we forget that nothing is perfect in this world and we need to learn to be flexible Yes, I remember I did a show actually in in Boston and I actually drove there with all my product. Well, I thought all my product was in the car and I arrived and <laughs> I just had the samplers, all the samples, and I wanted to cry. I didn't know what to do. It was too late to drive back to Boston. The, the event was starting in two, three hours. And um, I was just very honest with everyone. I said, please sample. Again, again I had massage therapist there and everybody got treated and I said I'll take your orders and I'll ship for free I'll deliver for free I'll ship for free I'll do anything but you will have it at your doorstep I promise that in no more than 48 hours and people were happy as you said if you're transparent and you're honest people will understand because most people understand that nothing is is perfect and, and shit happens right <laughs> so um I'm curious to know how hard it is or has been to get retail partners, you know, as being a small business, right? There's a lot of small businesses. There's this, you know, beautiful movement of indie, indie beauty changing the industry. How hard is it to, you know, achieve those, um, those sales with partners? Right. That, that's a good question. That's my challenge right now, actually finding distributors that, um, that will work as hard as you do, um, especially when I want to expand to the West Coast and I've 
talked and tried to work with uh, just a few different distributors and it hasn't been very successful. And so that's the challenge that I that I face now. It does work when I do it myself, when I visit, when I reach out, when I email, when I send presentations. Um, I feel that, that it does work because maybe I am the best promoter for my brand, I feel. What do you think? Yeah, that's really interesting because I've heard this from kind of feedback from friends with small businesses that they like, you know, you really want to put like everything of like the future growth of your business in the hands of a distributor because they have access and they have, you know, support and they have, you know, process. Um, But you know, sometimes it just doesn't work, right? And you're um, spending time and money hoping that this this team or person or whatever it is is going to transform your business, right? So um, it, it's almost like PR, right? Like clients will hire us for PR and they they have this expectation that all of a sudden, like they're going to get one one mention in one article and their business is going to quadruple or something. It just doesn't <laughs> happen that way. It's like right. teeny tiny steps that, you know, add up over many years. Um, so... You know, I do, I do agree that in the beginning, that having the founder kind of do all the jobs is the most effective, because you're the closest to it. You're you're the one who can continue to innovate on the idea. A team member can't do that. A team member can just present who you are now, right? A team member can't evolve that idea when you get like a spark of inspiration um, during a conversation. So. Um, I do think that that's very valuable, and I love it when we actually on the agency side are working with founders who have done all the jobs and sweated through all the jobs and um, know how hard each job is because I think it makes them better at hiring people to actually do those jobs when they grow, and it makes them more reasonable about you know expectations, you know what things cost, how long things take, you know it's. Um, it's not, this is not a fantasy kind of um, walk in the woods, look at the blue sky, smell the fresh right. air kind of industry. Like this is really hard. It takes a ton <laughs> of money, like so much money to move the needle, right? It's not just about time. It's like literally you have to feed the beast, right? To um, right. to make to make sales happen. So there's a huge investment up front. Um, and I just think some people expect that it's going to be easy because it's beauty because it seems fun, but it's really quite hard. Right, right. That's it's interesting that you mentioned um, money upfront, the money you have to invest. Because I, because I've done it all, and I had a very small budget when I started. Um, that I'm very conservative with how I spend my money. So, you're giving me a lot of um, good advice. I think that that's my next goal. I, I think I will have to open up my bank account and invest a little bit more. I'll have to talk to you after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was actually just talking to a friend who's, he's not in our industry, but he was looking to invest in um, in himself, you know, like getting training and coaching and, you know, things like that to really help him get to the next level. And the biggest scary part about that is like, well, that's a big chunk of change, right? It's a lot of money to invest in like a person who's going to help guide you. Um, and... But without that, making that investment in yourself, you're, you're just going to be alone in your own head, right? Like it's, um, they, you know, this old saying, it takes money to make money. Like there's, there's no way around it. Even people who are like very well known, right? Personalities in their industries, whether they're like, you know, a well-known influencer or hairstylist or whatever, like 
they, those businesses don't grow fast. They really don't. You know, it's like part of a ecosystem, but it does not mean just because they have like a, a hairspray brand or something that they're rolling in it. Um, it takes as much work to create momentum. Um, so, you know, this is not an easy business. And I love that you are so resilient. And I love this, like the, that you were rejected for so long in your career early on, because like what better prep than um, than that for a situation where like you have to keep pushing forward no matter what. Absolutely, absolutely. Gosh, I'm learning a lot from this podcast because I believe in my product. So now I just have to invest a little bit more. And then <laughs> yeah, if you believe in it and you think that there's a customer there and that um, the product is really, truly differentiating, then it's, you know, I, I think the next step is to make sure that you're actually communicating that that difference. That, that I think, is one of the hardest parts. And only you can figure that out. I mean, you can hire partners and stuff, but like, you know in your heart why this is different. Um, sometimes I think founders are fearful or resistant to, like, admit that, like, maybe one aspect of the product is not different. Maybe it's like, you know, for example, maybe you use the same glass jar as like other brands, right? That part might not be unique. Um, but what is, right? Like not the 100% of it is never going to be unique. That's just not, it's not possible, right? There's been just too many products, too many, too many things through the years. But there's something about it that's unique. And that starts with you, um, right? Because there is no other you, right? There's only one Evelyn. So then how do we, um, you know, take the Evelyn-ness of the, of the product or the brand or the messaging or the ingredient and turn that into something that the consumer can fall in love with, right? A story that the consumer can fall in love with. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of beautiful lotions and potions out there. Um, there's not a lack of beautiful products, but there's something that the consumer needs to fall in love with, right? But we need to serve that up to her, right? She's not going to be able to like investigate that on her own. You need to give that to her. So that you can do. After that, then you can hire people, right, to help you. You know, I do agree with you. I think you being the, the, the voice of the brand to future retail partners is the way to go. Then hire someone to support you on other things, right? Things where like you being, you know, having your hands in it are not as important. I don't know, bookkeeping or something like that, you know, like, um, right. you know, <laughs> oh, definitely. I remember the day when I <laughs> handed off all of my bookkeeping <laughs> to the person who's now our finance director. And it was like really one of the most joyous moments in my career, like knowing that I grew the business in such a way where now I do not have to be the person who's like tracking the invoices, paying the invoices, tracking the hours. It made me so happy. Right, right. So um, that I don't need to be involved in every day, but you know, new business I do, right? Right, right. But at least you understood how it works. You did it yourself or whatever it was, a few months, a few years, and um, and you know exactly when things are not working, right? You know <laughs> why. And yeah, I think that I've done every job in the business in one way or another, some of them very well, some of them, you know, I'm I'm really not skilled at, I don't have the background for, but I can help out where I can. Um, like, for example, like, I, I'm not a publicist, but I feel like I'm like the PR coordinator sometimes, like, I'll help them, you know, I'll do whatever <laughs> I can to help them, but I, I can't do that job. I just don't have, I don't have that background. I don't have that, um, those skills. But um, yes, I think that it's so important to do everything uh, you don't have to do it all forever, right. but do it all so you know what it takes. Right, right. I so um, let's talk. Let's talk before we wrap up about your goals. Right, you um, you want to grow the business. You want more people to come into contact with the vision and the beautiful um, products and textures and um, you know legacy of these ingredients. What what do you want next? Like, what's your five year daydream for the brand? Yes, 
Well, absolutely. You know, I started um, growing internationally to London and Paris, so I want to continue. It would be really incredible to see Bija Essence in other European countries and perhaps Latin America, that uh, there's talks there too in Mexico and from Mexico. Um, but ultimately, I want to expand it as a uh, as a wellness um, stop, and not only for skincare, but I learned to make teas, for example, in Ayurveda. And I think tea is such a, a wonderful part of uh, everyday life for people to, again, that targets wellness in your mind, your body, your spirit. So adding different products um, and having it be a, a wellness brand would be an amazing um, dream for me. Well, Evelyn, um, before we sign off, I just want to let um, all of our listeners know that you're offering them um, a special offer. So 20% off for the next 30 days after this episode airs um, at bijaessence.com, which is B-I-J-A-E-S-S-E-N-C-E.com. And all the listeners have to do is use um, this offer code, which is code C-O-D-E-2020. Um, so that's so nice that you're offering that to our listeners. Thank you, Evelyn. Absolutely. Enjoy. <laughs> and thank you for your wisdom today. It was so great to finally talk with you and get to do this and put it on the calendar. I'm so, so pleased we got to do this, Evelyn. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you in person very soon as well. And um, yeah, enjoy life. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Evelyn. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.